Thank you so much, Elder Kailu, for leading us in uh, service and sincere prayer. Uh, Vision and the music team for leading us in the uplifting songs and everyone else for your heartfelt singing. Good morning, everyone. So good to see all of you again so soon. I pray that we will live here with lifted spirits and encouraged hearts as we sing of Christ, listen to God's words and fellowship with each other to continue. Now those who are new with us, we pray your time will be a blessed one. And also to let you know that we are currently doing a series of studies from the book of Psalms, specifically from book 3, which covers from Psalm 73 to 89. And this will take us to the end of this month before we begin our topical series in preparation for Christmas in the month of December. And you have an introduction to the, the Christmas spirit ready in the first song that we sung. I hope that is helpful information to you and that you could join us too. Now the first slide comes on. If you were to take a look at the stats of the F1 night race coming out on the screen. Is there? Okay, thank you so much. Now, if you take a look at the stats of the F1 night race held over the many years, it's recorded that this year in particular has the highest attendance in Singapore's 13-year race history. Now, numbers all these are indications of what? Numbers are all these indications that perhaps there are many folks who have long awaited and dying to come to this event. Partly maybe because of easing of COVID rules. But mostly, I believe, it reveals the longing hearts of motorheads everywhere who have been kept away from the highlight of the year event for way too long already. So this opportunity is not to be missed. The travel, the event, the music, the shopping, the food all makes for a worthwhile experience in one event. For well, that's probably what keeps their hearts racing. However, for God's people, it takes a different spin, according to Psalm 84. Our racing or our longing isn't of events or shows or concerts or any other great highlights, but the greatest highlight of being in the dwelling of God to be in His presence, as we shall see as the Psalms unfold. But first, Psalm 84 is different. How is it different? It's different because it's not written by the, you know, the previous few Psalms that we have been doing? Can you remember who is the one that is writing or singing or leading? It is Asaf, right? Asaf. But this Psalm is written by Korah or the sons of Korah. A quick recap will remind us that so far the Psalms we covered has been Asaf, but so what, inf what this informs us is that both Asaf and Korah, they, they are Levites. Next slide. And as Levites, they are God's chosen people to serve God and His people in the temple of God, either as musicians and or gatekeepers. And so Psalm 84 can be divided by the word Selah meaning a break or pause, 
all the three blessings phrases, and it looks like this. Blessed to be in God's presence. Blessed to have God as strength. Blessed to trust God as Lord Almighty. So we begin the first point. And so if anyone who has written the love letter before would immediately recognize how it looks like and sound like, isn't it? The opening words, how lovely, is said to be more exactly like how dear or how beloved. Now we have sung that song just now, the song that um, we should introduce. This song has been uh, sung in the 90s. It makes him feel a bit older. But it's a very meaningful song. This is a love song to God. And he's, he, he was saying this way, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. For my soul longs and even faints for you. For here my heart is satisfied. Within your presence, I sing beneath the shadow of your wings. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts, thousands elsewhere. Can you sense, can you feel the longing of the psalmist when he writes this song? This is precisely what the psalmist wants us to capture. Perhaps many of us who are more native speakers, we could say things like, Oh, sayang. Saya rindu sekali kau. I don't know whether those of you... Anyway, or... Is that kind of is that kind of feeling? Is that, is that kind of emotion? So it's emotive. It's full of feeling, just like the Tao Pao. So right from the word go, the psalmist wants us to know that really, absence makes the heart grows fonder. Absence makes the heart grow fonder for what? For the place and specifically the person that matters to the psalmist. And it is further described that his soul yearns and faints, and his heart and flesh cry out. And what do you call that? Soul, heart, and flesh cry out. We call that silly romantics or sentimental fool. No, of course not. We call that full hearted de dedication and devotion of one's entire being to love and be loved by God. And you know how wonderful to give and receive love. For the dwelling and the courts are interchangeably used to describe the dweller, and he is the living God. And that's how the psalmist acknowledges where he wants to be and who he's aching to meet. So much so, it makes him envious. Envious of what? Envious of who? He's envious of the sparrow and the swallow. 
both having found a home and nest to breed and nurse its nestlings. So to satisfy the hobby's ornithologist in our midst, ornithologist just means bird watchers lah. Now one commentator, right, one commentator, actually we have quite a few ornithologists here, you know. Pastor Roger is one of them, Pastor Joe is one of them, our deacon Wesley is one of them, deacon Jinwei. So quite a few of them. And they don't not just watch bird, right? They actually reported to, I don't know, NEA or whoever, just to, to let them know so they can, they can combine and collate the stats, right? So one commentator said about small sparrow. The sparrow is a bird of small significance. And the swallow is a bird of restlessness. And so I read it somewhere that swallow rest, feeds while in flight, as you can see there in the picture. Is it true, my bird friend? Any of my bird friends here? Okay. Likewise, it could mean that the insignificant person can find its place in the temple of God. And also the restlessness man or restless woman can find their rest near God's altar in God's house where he is. It is comforting and assuring to know that. To know what? Everyone is welcome into the house of God. Following either his observation or from memory, the psalmist continues to envy from birds to priests who live in the house of God. And his envy is because the priests live in a constant state of leading themselves and others to worship and praise God. And so just the sheer thought of that makes the longing very desirable. And so past Saturday, <clears throat> there was an exchange of texts in one of my group chats, and this video was posted. All right? Honestly, what immediately comes to your mind when you see this? Someone remarked, it's party time, Saturday, ma, right? I then innocently asked, what's that, na, bro? And then Chut replied, tomorrow is Sunday, church service to look forward to. God is so good. Have a blessed weekend, Basque, and ARPC brothers and sisters and your families. Cheers. How often do you, find, do you read such kind of message? I mean, for those who just now think otherwise, please repent. <coughs> Honestly, it's been a, such a long time since I hear of such longing. And it's so warm my heart and most encouraging to hear that from Jude, who, by the way, who, was, who attends Bishan 9am service. Not only he looks forward to come, but he sends God's greeting, he sends God's blessing, not only to Bas. Bas is our aftercare ministry, the aftercare ministry that we minister to ex-prisoners. Uh, it's called Brothers and Sisters Keepers for those who are uninitiated. And, but also he sends God's blessing to ARPC Brothers and Sisters. Which means all of you here. Does he know you? He doesn't. But he sends his greetings nonetheless. Aren't your heart encouraged? No? How lovely and how wonderful indeed to know how the heart is in tune 
to God and His people. And I tell you, His remarks makes all our labour worthwhile. And so like the psalmist who may feel the stay-home priest, blessed, far too often it is the away that is homesick more. Agree? Those of you who have studied abroad, family is here, don't you feel homesick? I think generally we do feel homesick. If you don't feel homesick, uh, I think uh, you're deceiving. Lah, right? Because we, are grew, we grew up in a food paradise. No. You go, to, you go to the Middle East, every day you will eat, what do you call that? Um, the one that they use as a dip. Anyone can help me? Hummus. Hummus. Every day without fail, you eat hummus. Adoy. Singapore, you want to eat chicken rice today, duck rice tomorrow, kway teow later, hot laksa. You have the spread, man. So it's no wonder when we are away, right? After two days of eating ramen, uh, that's it. You long for Singaporean fare. True or not? So we long. So just like the pilgrims, they are homesick. And that brings us to the second point, blessed to have God as strength. And as the psalmist gives thought of the pilgrimage to Zion, he says this. Next slide. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. So apparently, those whose strength in God are also the ones whose heart are set on pilgrimage. And so what this means is that it's aren't their own strength that they started the journey to the temple in Zion. They acknowledge that their strength is in God and it makes their pilgrimage possible despite difficulty as we note in verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. So what does that tell us? It tells us that their journey isn't easy. In fact, they have to travel through dry and arid land. You and I know we need water to survive in the dry and arid land. You might, we might just die of thirst if there's no oasis or you don't carry enough water. Somehow the strength the pilgrims find in God kept them going despite unfavorable conditions with others, others and dangerous journey because their hearts are set on reaching Zion as their destination and the temple their final destination. And, and, and the baby agrees with me. So they spare no effort in making their way to meet God and His people. It's like the saying, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Like some folks who love durian, right? And I'm talking folks that I know here, no? All right? We'll go to Penang, stay at the durian plantation, eat durian for breakfast, lunch and dinner, and drink coffee and tea infused with durian. Yes or no? Your love, no, I think you all are the ones. You will get up early no matter what and make preparation for that journey because your heart is already sad. The durian is calling. David, that's in David Linston. George, George, come, come. And so with the pilgrims, their treasure is God. 
And so their heart is all set and ready to rock and roll, come what may. For it is God who is their strength, who makes their journey possible. Because to the ancients, just to navigate the land is already a challenge, not to mention a difficult journey as mentioned in the verse, passing through the Valley of Baca. So what do you know about the Valley of Baca? The Valley of Baca could either be understood as dry and difficult place, or some understand it to be Valley of Tears. Either way, it infers that this is quite a challenging journey. Yet just as those who dwell in God's house are blessed, so too are the pilgrims whose strength is in God, who sets their hearts to journey on despite challenges. And this is where I want to commend you all to God for making time. Perhaps some of us woke up and received news from Twitter that you no longer require, they no longer require a service and you're out of a job. Same with another social media giant, Meta, giant parent company of Facebook, laying off tens of thousands of workers. Or it could be small things, small trivial things like not being served with breakfast this morning, or you haven't had your lunch, and you would rather make your way to coffee shop instead. On your way here, there's some misunderstanding between friends, between spouses, between children, between boyfriend, between girlfriend, and you feel like giving service a miss. Note that the pilgrims, not that the pilgrims don't have personal family or work problems, for I'm sure they do, but please look at the pilgrims. Learn from the pilgrims. Because their desire to meet God at his temple somehow either makes the hard place seems like a place of springs or pools, or the timing of their pilgrimage falls in the rainy seasons, which these hard places become pleasantly bearable. So one commentator says this, there will be a blessing when we reach home. Home to the ancients, home to the nation of Israel is Jerusalem, but more specifically, home to them is the temple. But there is a blessing also for us when our hearts are set on pilgrimage, when the highways to Zion are in our hearts. So notice that the pronoun changed from singular, my soul, my heart, my flesh, to that of those whose strength set their hearts, they pass through. They go from strength to strength. And it tells us that pilgrimage includes both personal piety and collective holiness. So just past Thursday, when we had our Basque Fellowship, as in again, Brothers and Sisters Keepers, the aftercare ministry, and we are going through this study, one of our guys shared about a mission he went in Sabah some years ago. The villagers invited him and the team to visit their prayer mountain. The next day, I was told fathers, mothers, young children, young men and women, even grandfathers and grandmothers make preparation for a five hours hike 
uphill to reach the destination. I don't know about you, when I walk once up to Bukit Timah, that's about it. And that's not even one hour. I trust we have an idea of what it takes to walk uphill, right? Even so, the path uphill has to be cleared of the overgrowth, which makes, which makes it difficult and tiring. And walking in the forest with thick overgrowth can make the air so dense that one can find it very difficult to breathe. Have you been inside our, just, yeah, our, our nature reserves? Well, at least for me, I find it very difficult to breathe because of the, the canopy of, of trees. However, they didn't feel that it was so bad. Eh? That's very interesting. They didn't feel that it was so bad climbing, hiking up the mountains because the mood they experienced was like one big family going on a picnic. That's the mood I, am, I was told by this brother in Christ. Everyone was spurring each other on. And for this brother in Christ, what spurred him on was that one of the grandmothers walked faster than him. But and so instead of getting tired, it seems they grow from strength to strength, just as in verse 7, till they make it to their destination. They make it to the destination before God in Zion. So maybe every week we should plan Sunday like going to picnic and get everyone excited about it. In as much as there's personal piety of longing, there's also a collective yearning. And so why are we annoyed being reminded to come for Bible study, fellowship and service? Why we avoid replying to good intent folks who makes time for you for the love of God? Do you realize we need God and we need one another? You know or not? As far as I know, we are invited to meet the most important person that can change your life, that can change my life for eternity's sake. And you rather go about your ways of self-indulgence and destruction? Hope it is clear that personally we need God and collectively we need each other in this pilgrimage. And perhaps this is what the psalmist asks, that God to grant their love and worship of God at Zion, and also by granting prayers to look on our shield and favour the anointed one. Which brings us to the third point. Blessed to trust God as Lord Almighty. See, both the shield and the anointed one in verse 9 likely refer to the king of Judah before the exile. Why this prayer for the king? What does a king do? Well, for a start, the mention of the shield is probably used as a protective or defensive gear. And so it is with the king to protect and defend the people under him. Another reason would be that the psalmist is likely asking God to show his favour on the leader of God's people. Why? Because he, the king, is the one who leads in worship of God and through whom God's rule and blessings come to his people. So if the king is favoured, likely the civil, ceremonial, spiritual orders are maintained 
meaning the governance and worship of God in the temple continues. Hence, the golden opportunity just to be in God's house for a day is considered far worthy than in an environment where there is no God, an environment of wickedness. So much so, just doing the lowliest of labour, like waiting on God, and God's people at temple as a doorkeeper bring much contentment, says the psalmist. To him, leading and singing together should be such a high, right? Should it not be such a high? And the psalmist can say this because God is a sun and a shield, bestowing favour and honour, and no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. According to one commentator, God referred to as the sun can mean positively as in light, joy, heat, energy. And shield possibly mean protective or defense, just as we earlier noted. So I think the shield in verse 9, which refers to human king, and the shield in verse 11 refers to God, are one and the same in function and purpose. How so? In that favouring the human king ensures the safety of the pilgrims and the security of the temple and hence ultimately facilitates the worship of God. So you can't get any more one than this. Ultimately, it's the worship of God that takes center stage and in an ending in verse 12 that those like the pilgrims who full-hearted seek god god showers favor and honor upon them and so how does it work for us now i've made three observations that connects the old test the psalm 84 and connects us to christ and us in the new testament the mean, first, the meaning of the dwelling of God, the anointed one, and no good thing does he behold. So the first, the passage taken from Ephesians chapter 2 about the dwelling of God. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. What does it mean for us is that Church of Jesus Christ equals to the Lord's holy temple. So we are God's holy temple. God's holy temple, as you know, that the Spirit dwells in our lives. And how does it pay out in our actual life, practically? Since God builds us into his holy temple, we are to build one another up. How do we build one another up? Let me suggest two, three, four, five points. You may want to come early. Coming early is an encouragement to others. You may not realize it. And usually... Whether it's here or Adam, it will only be filled after about 10 or 15 minutes that has 
we are we're into worship. The worship people, they have practiced, they have given their time, they have given their talents. And it's a big encouragement if everyone to be here singing heartily. And then when you come in, greet sincerely. Don't pass, you know, sometimes the pastors who stand at the door, don't just ignore them. Lah. Because why? They need practice to say hello. So. so say greet sincerely. And then allow for them to greet you back. Serve when you are on some duty. Serve willingly. Not again, so fast. And no wonder you all, quite a few of you all don't want to join DG because you all don't want to serve, right? Give. You know God has blessed us with another land and we are all waiting. We have not fully completed uh, having the amount and when you give, give cheerfully. And then, last of all, just to encourage the music team, sing heartily. It will really, really mean a lot to them. You just don't realize until you stand up here. Second, the next passage we talk about is the office of the anointed one. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in these last days, he, was, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir, heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Well, we all, as we know, the Old Testament, who are the anointed ones? Three officers, prophet, priest, and king. And all, though they may be different officers, one functions that they do, the same purpose. That is, for the king, they need to know God's word, because God's word lead and guide them, and so in return, they are also to impart upon his people. And what does the prophet do? The prophet tells his people about what God tells him to tell his people and how to live. And the priests, they are the intermediary, right? They serve God. Yet at the same time, when they serve God, God's word is also being imparted. And so all these three officers of the Old Testament, whether it's in king, priest, and prophet, they all fall short as you and I know. They have their shortcomings. So they won't be that fully satisfied. God would not be fully satisfied by them. So eventually it culminates and is being fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ our Lord. For Jesus Christ, our Lord, like Romans 1, 16, 17 says, there is power in the word of God that brings salvation for many. So as we receive, as we receive and we believe Christ through his word, so what are we expected to do? We are expected to worship Christ only. What does it mean? Because it's so generic, right? That means to say, there must be no other idols, simply put. And what are the idols in our life? 
let me tell you, family can be an idol. Study also can be an idol. Work also can be an idol. Relationship can be an idol. Hobbies can be an idol. As long as anything that God has blessed us, sometimes good things, and we replace the importance of that to God, that is your idol. And the baby keeps agreeing with me. So we have got a good demographics here. From retiree to grandparents to young adults to students still to workers to even babies. And I'm very heartened to see young couples with young babies here. They can always bring them home and say, no lah, the baby a bit, a bit cranky. No lah. But children are in God's kingdom. They are included in God's kingdom. We ought to embrace and accept them. And moving on, next passage, the last one. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In the context of Ephesians, it means a lot, every spiritual blessing. It means you and I are chosen for salvation. You and I, we have been adopted. You and I have been forgiven. We have been given the gift of the Spirit. We have God's power to do God's will, to live God's way. And we have the hope of eternal life. Implication, we are to live and work in unity, not uniformity. We are to grow together into maturity. Can you give me some examples? The big thing in the context of Ephesians is one of unity. God himself has broken down the barriers between, you tell me, between Jews and Gentiles. So if he has broken down the barriers between races, nationality, ethnicity, social, what are we supposed to do? In our midst here, we have, we have the domestic, special, specialized ministry, as in the Tabitha ministry, as in the Rhoda ladies, as in the Bas people, as in those who are really unwell. Social classes are so different by, if we were to compare, our achievement, academically speaking, is also very different. Some with two PhDs, some none. They're just grab delivery folks. But they attend our church. So what do we do? In light of the passage just before us, that every spiritual blessings that we received it's the same to be extended to the others. If God in Christ has accepted us and embraced us, then we ought to do likewise. We accept them, we embrace them. So for the longest time, my wife cannot understand me. Because why? In church, in the early days when I started ministry, we meet a lot of people. And I've got this habit of not asking people, hey, what are you doing? Huh? What are you working as? Huh? 
I don't. I treat you as someone whom God has saved you. You are a person not valued by your achievement and academic excellence or even your status. I receive you as a brother or a sister in Christ. And likewise, I want and expect that, that also to be on me so that I don't struggle. So I thank God and I praise God in our ministry of the bars or prisons ministry. We have really high-flying folks, not only in the private sector, but also in the government sector. And it warms my heart to know that they, they don't see, hey, this leader got background one there. Why I follow him? Can you imagine that? A general following, a, an, an ex-general following an ex-addict. What is similar to? Both are ex la. But both are also in Christ. We have received every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. Not to ignore one another, no, but to accept and embrace one another. And so, in ending, if you have been to Hamad International Airport in Doha, Qatar, what is it that you cannot miss in the airport? Anyone? Ah, you see, spoil market. It's not supposed to be. Anyway, I tell you what you cannot miss. You cannot miss this big teddy bear. Make a guess. How tall is this teddy bear? It is 23 feet high and weighs a whopping 20 ton. Right? And then with his head stuck inside that equally gigantic lamb. Now it's so obvious you just cannot miss it because it is placed right smack in the airport concourse. And if I am to ask you, what is, what is it that you cannot miss in Psalm 84? What would you say? What you cannot miss in Psalm 84, it would be God. Notice what the psalmist and how the psalmist yearn and long and pine and aches or not. It's all about God. He longs for the God. He longs to be in the, in the courts of God, in the presence of God. God gave him strength. God blessed him. Everything is about God in the Old Testament. And when it comes to the New Testament, it is about Jesus Christ. So we mustn't miss the most important person in your life and in my life. Because why? Jesus is the object, he is the subject, he's the content, he's the theme, he's the topic, he's the text, he's the WhatsApp, he's the Facebook, he's the Twitter, he's the Telegram, he's the Snapchat, he's the IG. He's Quintessence heart of his people. That's what the psalmist wants you and I to notice as we do Psalm 84. Are we? And we are his people, aren't we? Agree? Yes or not? Alamak, not sure, y'all. And so is our hearts racing to meet God? Are you and I longing to come together and worship Him? Maybe something to remember as we end our time together by the acronym, SUM. Firstly, P, passionate to be in God's presence. S, 
setting our hearts on God. A. Appeal to God for anointed ones. Let me stop there for a while. How many of you really and seriously pray for your pastors? We are also human beings. We are, we are sinners saved by the grace of God, like you. We feel pain also, like you. So if we, if we do some 84 and not being mindful, because praying for the anointed one is one of the three that I brought up about the blessings. We try as best, we are not perfect. We will fail you at times. And therefore we need your prayer too, in as much as we pray for God's people here in the RPC. L, love of God, of his people. And then lastly, the whole of Psalm 84 is about the psalmist reminding you and me about longing to meet God. Can you remember that? I hope you do. And I pray that as we come to a close of the year and celebrate the new year to come very soon, this longing would be characteristics of all of us in love and worship of the true and living God. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you that we have the pilgrims of Psalm 84 to remind us of how wonderful and lovely it is to long for your cause along with your people. Keep us going for our strength is in you and set our hearts right for the love and worship of you which you so deserved. Thank you for your rich blessing upon us in Christ. And may we, your people, bring you glory and honour by our sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise in our lives. Amen.